Welcome everyone to a special recording, Bailey at 20, celebrating the 20th anniversary of the launch of the Liberty Hyde Bailey Scholars Program at Michigan State University. I'm your host, Frank Fear. You know, there are loads of programs at Michigan State and nationally that carry the title Scholars, just as there are many specializations, minors, concentrations all over the country. They all contribute to student development in one way or another. But Bailey isn't just one more effort in that collection. I know that sounds arrogant, and I say it gingerly, but I don't want to give the impression that Bailey is better. But I do want to give the impression, and I want to declare it, Bailey is different. And perhaps the larger storyline of the whole program is, it didn't start out that way. Back in the mid-1990s, then-Dean Fred Poston, you'll hear from Fred later, asked a team of faculty to design a program that would complement and also supplement what students were getting in their undergraduate majors. But we soon found the road to Bailey wasn't easy. To be blunt, it was excruciating, and for good reason. We learned a lesson. That's saying something for faculty who teach lessons but we learned a lesson. Let me give you a background. Most change comes in the form of fixing what's broken. That's called reform. And a lot of change comes in the form of doing something new. That's called innovation. But only a small fraction of change programs come in the form of going to a new place, doing things radically differently. That's transformation. Without knowing the exact road we were on at the beginning, what became Bailey morphed from reform to innovation, then a hybrid of reform and innovation, and finally settled on transformation. We played around with ideas like, and these are good ideas, incorporating service learning in the program. Other programs do that. Having students read major daily newspapers and then reporting on what they were reading and for students to write extensively. Uh, Again, those are good ideas, but other programs were doing it. In the end, and about six weeks before launching, at a retreat we had right around Thanksgiving time, we concluded the retreat by looking at each other and just throwing up our hands. And we concluded, let's wait till the students get here in January and we'll figure it out with them together. It was a crazy decision at the time, but it was the decision that led to what we know today as the Bailey Scholars Program. So we stopped spending gobs of time figuring out how to admit students. Students would pick Bailey instead. We wouldn't spend gobs of time figuring out the course content. We'd figure course content out with the students. We stopped anguishing over the grading and we'd figure out a grading system together with students, and then we as faculty would apply that system. We stopped figuring out what committees the program should have, and we decided to destructure everything, except for a community council that didn't have membership per se. It was open to anybody and everybody. What we ended up with, you see, is the essence of what it means to transform. Here's the thing, 
We as faculty members knew all too well how to design an undergraduate program using the knowledge, skills, and experiences we already had. But Bailey eventually demanded more than that. It required all of us to learn anew, including the students, to go to a new place, to flip the coin, so to speak, and to do things unconventionally. And here's the lesson. Unconvention, or being unconventional, is the essence of transformation. But we also learned along the way, and it also frightened us, would anybody be interested in participating in an upside-down program, a program with only shells for core courses, and where self-directed learning in a community setting was the routine? What is that? Where bylaws didn't exist. Instead, we had a declaration of Bailey, and where learners need to take full responsibility, not just for their learning in classes, but for everything we did. Well, the conclusion was, rightfully so, that if the answer is yes, like the field of dreams, people will come, Bailey would be just fine. And if the answer is no, nobody's interested, then Bailey shouldn't exist. Well, here we are 20 years later and Bailey continues. And anybody who was involved at the beginning who walks into Bailey today will find an eerie similarity it continues with students who weren't born when the program was envisioned, who now seek out a place like Bailey as students did 20 years ago. Because Bailey is not a program. It's a place, but even more than that, it's a space. A space that has become, and I'm very proud of this, arguably the most diverse setting at Michigan State University. And as the faculty member and administrator who chaired the design team back in the 1990s and became the inaugural director in 2000, I'm so glad that things didn't turn out the way we planned. Bailey took me and it took others then and now to a place where they needed to be, whether they realize it or not, in some cases, even if they wanted to or not. As we used to say back then, you just have to trust emergence. Now, in taping this podcast, we thought that the best place to begin, the only place to begin really, would be to hear from several Bailey student scholars. So here are two, one who graduated early in the program and the other who graduated just last year and is now just embarking on her professional career. Monica Glisson, as she was known 20 years ago, is now Monica Glisson Craven. Scott Craven, her spouse, is also a Bailey alumnus. Emma Albrecht, who graduated last year with a degree in the School of Packaging, is living and working in Connecticut. Both Monica and Emma supported the Bailey community in a leadership role. They served as Bailey student director. So here's Monica and then Emma. Hello, this is Monica Craven, or Monica Glisson, as I was known when I was a student in Bailey. I was a student in the Bailey Scholars Program from 2001 to 2003, and now am an alumni. I graduated in 2003 uh, from MSU with a degree in fisheries and wildlife. And since I graduated, I've worked for Habitat for Humanity for 15 years. 
And I also got my master's degree in nonprofit organizations from Case Western Reserve University. I joined Bailey because I went on a Habitat for Humanity spring break trip and fell in love with the organization and came back in the middle of my junior year and told my mom I wanted to change majors to nonprofits. Um, I felt like my degree was only exploring a small part of me and I, I really just wanted to work in nonprofits and um, she wasn't too thrilled with the idea of me changing majors that far into my degree. So I went to my advisor and explained the situation and she walked me down to the Bailey Scholars Room and said, here, this is a place where they care about all of you. Uh, you'll find a home here. And she was absolutely right. I joined and never looked back. My personal experience with Bailey could be described in two words, and that is mental gymnastics, which might sound a little strange, but let me elaborate. Um, I used to tell Bailey, people at Bailey, that um, it used a side of my brain that I never used anywhere else. I only seemed to use one side of my brain in most of my college work, but some of the classes and conversations that we'd have in Bailey were so deep and so expansive that I felt like I was actually exercising the other side of my brain and I would leave class or I'd leave a meeting or I'd meet leave a Wednesday lunch uh, with actually with a headache but it grew me it was a safe a family-like place where I could really think about me where I could think about community and I could learn how to make the world a better place so it was mental gymnastics that made me stronger so the program has meaning for me for the students involved because it helps you have a close-knit place to feel safe, and at a big college like MSU, sometimes you don't have that. It's a place where you can talk, you can experience parts of yourself that you aren't normally developed anywhere else at MSU, both academically as well as socially and personally. I learned more about myself in Bailey than I learned anywhere else on campus. And for MSU, um, MSU is through the Bailey Scholars Program is growing a team of innovators that will have the greater capacity to manage the challenges this world has to offer. MSU needs to focus on um, students with two working sides of their brain who can see past the status quo, especially in the changing and uncertain times that we're facing now. And a few final things. Bailey Scholars uh, was super important to me. Uh, I met my husband in Bailey and I actually named my daughter Bailey because this program meant so much to us that we wanted to make sure that we remembered its impact on us long after we were gone. And the last comment I wanna make was, we feel like Bailey Scholars Program is kind of like Montessori School for grown-ups. It allows you to explore things at your own pace that allows you to look at things that are outside of the normal you know, classroom structure and really lets you kind of be free while you're learning. And we felt that that was so important that we have had our kids in Montessori school um, from age three and we just had our, my daughter Bailey graduated from fourth grade all in Montessori school. So the Bailey Scholars Program has been really important to us and continues to be that way. And thank you for letting me have the opportunity to tell you about this program I love. Emma Albrecht, and I come from the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, and while at MSU, I earned a bachelor's of science in packaging. 
And then, of course, the minor in leadership and integrated learning. Um, currently, I just graduated in May. It was a wild ride, and I just started a new job. So I moved to Connecticut, which is exciting, somewhere I've never been before. Um, but while I was at MSU, I grew tremendously as an individual. And I, I would say that a good amount, if not all of my growth, was really closely related to the Bailey Scholars Program and my involvement with it. And I'll get into that a little bit more uh, in later. <laughs> but uh, the, the most important thing I think was this past year, um, the, the year 2019-2020, I had the honor of serving as a student director of the program. And that really allowed me to channel all of my skills and energy into something that I cared about. And for the first time in my life, I found myself working a job that truly like ignited my passion. And I had never experienced anything like that before. So it was really great. But what brought me to Bailey in the first place? Much like many people, meeting Dustin Putty was the first step into <laughs> everything. Um, I actually... It's kind of funny. I went to the College Colloquium, which is a, an event that is suggested for all college freshmen. So I went and I did two things there. I met my best friend, which who I had never met before. We sat next to each other. And I met Dustin Putty. So two very important moments at an event that's somewhat unassuming that you wouldn't necessarily know was going to be so important. But uh, when I met Dustin, he pretty much said, you know, if you're looking for somewhere to grow and really orient yourself as a learner, then then this is a great option for you. And I was looking for a minor and I liked the way leadership sounded and people seemed pretty nice. So I went and I met and I and I uh, set my, my vision learning statement and the rest was history. Uh, it hasn't changed since. And it just really, the program really aligned with who I was as a person and the kind of growth that I was looking for. Um, and I guess if I were to describe my experience in a single word or phrase, it would have to be growth. And I, I feel like we'll have to count how many times I say that word throughout this because it, it's true though. It's, it's been really um, important because I think that college is you know, coming of age for all young people. It's a really important time in your life. It's a time where you're you're learning how your actions have consequences, but you're also learning just how capable you are as a, as a person and an individual. And I think that the Bailey Scholars Program is so special because it allows everyone to see their personal strengths regardless of who they are or where they come from. Not only that, but to see that sometimes there are strengths within you that you didn't even know were there because we live in a society that doesn't really necessarily favor all strengths equally. But that doesn't mean that you're not special or like important to have as, as a person, especially when you're working in a group. But, and that, I think that growth in itself and that ability to show students what they're capable of, it's why it's, it's so meaningful to me. Um, to not only have been a student myself through the program, but then to kind of have that, that role of management within the program was really important too, because I was able to help facilitate others learning and others growth and that was really cool to me and I think that is something that I really hope I can do for the rest of my life is just encourage people's growth and learning and it's amazing <laughs> I think that uh, at the end of the day 
the biggest thing that you can take away from the Daily Scholars Program and the biggest thing that I've taken away moving forward into my future is that learning is awesome and it's even cooler when you have ownership of your learning and you really understand what am I doing and where do I want to go with this because very often in college you're just checking the boxes, you're learning things but you're not really thinking that deeply about it but the Bailey Scholars Program totally offers a different viewpoint of that and offers this opportunity to say, you know what, we're learning and it's great. <laughs> and everything we do, we're learning. And I hope that in my future, I can continue just doing that. And I, I can't wait to learn more and more. Of course, faculty scholars are an integral part of the Bailey program. So let's hear two voices faculty members who played critical roles in the design, launch, and early phases of the program. They are Drs. Marquita Chambly and Howard Pearson. The Bailey program wouldn't have become what it is without their contributions. Dr. Chambly authored the five Bailey questions, which is a core element of the program's foundation. The questions are, who am I? How do I learn? What do I value? What is my worldview? and how do the answers connect personally and professionally. Later, Marquita served as program director from 2000 to 2003. Howard Pearson, a professor of biosystems and agricultural engineering at MSU, was one of the first faculty members to join the program. And he has participated longer than any other Spartan faculty member. Starting on the design team in the 1990s, and continuing into this century. When it came time to depict the program visually, Howard's metal and wood rendition spoke visually to what by then was called the Bailey Declaration, a pronouncement authored by student scholar Lisa Leightonen, which hangs around the ceiling of the Bailey Commons. Here are the words. The Bailey Scholars Program seeks to be a community of scholars dedicated to lifelong learning. All members of the community work toward providing a respectful, trusting environment where we acknowledge our interdependence and encourage personal growth. Here are Marquita and then Howard. My name is Marquita Shambly. I currently serve as the Associate Provost for Diversity and Inclusion and Chief Diversity Officer at Wayne State University. During my time at Michigan State University, I served the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources for 14 years. Uh, first, I was the Director for Undergraduate Diversity, and during that time, I spent three years as the Director of the Bailey Scholars Program before I transitioned to become the director of the Office of Diversity and Pluralism for the college. I have done diversity, equity, and inclusion work for most of my 35-plus year career in higher education, and I provide university-level leadership to those efforts in my role at Wayne State. So I was invited to be part of the working group charged with envisioning what a unique educational experience for undergraduate students could be. I was able to learn from and with people who were likewise excited about what the possibilities were. Eventually, the work of that committee evolved into the Bailey Scholars Program. 
for me, joining that group also provided an opportunity to stretch and use a different part of my mind and heart than what I was doing at my day job. It brought meaning and value to the work I was doing for the college. The more we envisioned what Bailey would be, the more I realized I simply had to become part of the program. And I was fortunate to be invited to be part of the initial group of Bailey faculty um, during that first year, during the first years, and eventually I went on to become the director of the program. If I were to describe my Bailey experience in one word, it would be transformative. During my time at Bailey, I saw people wrestle with important questions about self and identity in relation to others. I can remember first thinking about and posing four of what became the Bailey Five questions. Who am I? How do I learn? What do I value? What is my worldview? And the fifth is how do we connect? How do these things connect in my personal and professional life? These are the important questions that we ask members of the Bailey community to address and are still relevant to many of us as we continue our lifelong learning journey. My time as director of Bailey was rewarding, challenging, transformative experience that I carried with me into my next roles at MSU and beyond. The Bailey Learning Journey invites students, undergraduate and graduate, as well as faculty and staff to learn in part to bring their hearts as well as their minds to their learning journey. Bailey is for people who want to chart their own course as far as the direction they want their education, their learning journeys to take. To me, it helps participants make sense of their educational and professional experiences in a very professional, personal, and connected way. The beauty of the program is that it provides the faculty as much of an opportunity to grow as it does the students. That was a hallmark of the program from the beginning and it remains vitally important today. It's gratifying that 20 plus years later, we're still talking about the Bailey Scholars Program. While I'm sure it has evolved over the years, it's great to see it still functioning at the university and going strong. In a lot of ways, in those early days, we were like the little engine that could. We were chugging up the hill saying, I think I can, I think I can. And we did it. It's gratifying to see those things that were set in place still functioning and even flourishing. That is an awesome feeling. And I hope that 20 years from now, we'll still be celebrating this important program. My name is Howard Pearson. I was born in Iowa, farm, farm boy, and haven't drifted much in that sense. I've spent most of my life as a learner and as an educator. I retired from the agricultural engineering department at Michigan State, and I worked on environmental aspects of livestock production. That entailed everything from helping farmers provide healthy, productive environments for the animals themselves, to managing the manure in ways that was responsible was uh, responsibly protected the soil, water, and air. And that also included a lot of time uh, dealing with public, public policy related to these topics. My major role was uh, an extension specialist and as a classroom educator. Within the Bailey Scholars Program, I was involved with 
the startup process, what I call the birthing process, was about a two-year program, and then I was a convener uh, for uh, several years. I think close to ten years uh, in in the core courses. And regarding uh, deciding about how to get involved, whether to get involved with Bailey, at the time when you and I were first uh, talking about being involved with this unnamed new idea, Frank, I had just completed a two-year-long leadership development program with MSU Extension. At that time, I wanted to apply and continue developing what I had learned about. I was working on implementing some self-directed leadership efforts within MSU Extension, and I was seeking ways to be innovative and help grow MSU Extension and MSU generally into the future. So the ideas you were talking about uh, intrigued me. So some of my personal experiences involved with Bailey, um, they range from the two-year birthing process I just mentioned and uh, sustained over a longer time. Uh, the development group ranged in age from about our vintage, Frank, uh, to one or two generations younger than us. Near the end of the birthing process, uh, after countless discussions, readings, and thinking and rethinking, one of the core feelings that emerged was a rather profound sense of a loss or a longing for a sense of community that many of us felt that had diminished from our lives. To this day, I see comments from Bailey scholars describing why they joined. And, and very often, they, were, they mentioned a sense of community that they've been looking for. So why the program has meaning and value for participants in MSU? One of the core ideas of Bailey is self-directed learning within a safe environment. Self-direction is taken to the point where students have a strong voice in directing the program. There's a person selected as a student director and a student leadership group along with the faculty director. The core courses are centered upon two questions. What do you want to learn and how do you want to learn it? You're in charge. No, really, this is your responsibility. That's one of the main challenges is to convince people that, well, they're really in charge. And that goes for the conveners as well. So this is like jumping into the deep end of leadership development pool and learning by doing. One of the truths about engaging in leadership is that it tends to reveal who we are. During this process, students are asked to reflect upon five questions. Who am I? What do I value? How do I learn? How do I see the world? And how do these connect? This tends to develop a strong self-awareness that is foundational to sound leadership capacities. One of the things about being an educator is that we do not get to see outcomes from our work in the lives of our students very often. I have been fortunate to have been able to follow a few of the scholars on social media, and it's so gratifying to see their leadership capacities bloom, particularly in areas of public service and community development. 
And then uh, Bailey Value meeting and meeting re- for Michigan State University. Uh, over the past, say, three or so decades, MSU is, has transitioned from a more into a more corporate mindset where public service is seen as a cost center with few revenue streams and is therefore de-emphasized. In spite of this, the Beta Scholars Program has continued, has been continued and continued to allow to exist as a center for developing leadership, community and public service as a core value in a life's work. So I think that's a major accomplishment over, especially over that long, over the long period of time that the Beta Scholars programs exist. Just as a closing comment, uh, educators often say that they learn more from their students uh, than they taught them. In my case, uh, things that I learned from Baylor scholars have been profound. This includes becoming more aware of my own privilege and the implications for others. From early on, what was to become the Baylor scholar development process I had a deep, strong sense that uh, this is something I was born for. And I have been deeply blessed. Early in the Bailey experience, we talked about the program as an opportunity for something that we called whole student development. Of course, it didn't take long to rephrase that reference to whole person development. That's because Bailey was as much for faculty scholars as it was for student scholars. And it didn't take long before we found something else, that Bailey was for families too. Kristen Halstead transferred to Michigan State from the University of Michigan, and soon thereafter became a Bailey scholar. Kristen was engaged fully in the program, and it wasn't long before we got to know her family. Grandfather George, Mother Lois, and Father Lee. All three are MSU alumni, and they're all committed fully to the Bailey experience. Today, nearly 20 years after graduating, Kristen Marks Neeholstead talks about her Bailey experience. Kristen is a parks and recreational professional, and she's serving currently as president of the Ohio Parks and Recreation Association. After Kristen's comments, you'll hear from Mother Lois, and then Father Lee. My name is Kristen Marks. I was previously Kristen Halstead before I got married, and I was in the second cohort of Bailey Scholars. So I graduated with that second class in 2001, and um, I was a transfer student to Michigan State. So I first heard about the program from my advisor, which was Frances Kennedy, and she handed me a cute little brochure all about Bailey and not knowing many people at Michigan State since I was transferring from U of M, I took advantage of it and had a nice pizza party and the rest is history. Um, but I am currently down in the Dayton area and working in parks and recreation, which is not what I went to school for, but I love it and I've been in it for almost 20 years, so I think I'm a lifer community of lifelong learners has followed me throughout and I think it has shaped 
the way I approached my career and my relationships with um, colleagues and how I network and um, just to be in that community at the time and it probably is still today and maybe even more so just the, um, the, the even ground that we were on and how we we're approaching this I hadn't experienced that before I was you know late teens early 20s having professors or um, fellows or whoever it might be in my different daily classes um, learning together it seemed I don't know if it was it was progressive I guess at the time and um, and I do think that helped how I collaborate with people in my comfort level when I walk in a room and and um, meet new people and build a rapport I I'm not it's I hope it doesn't sound arrogant to say I'm not intimidated, but it's just more um, I can approach that in, in an even keel way, I suppose. Um, so yeah, so I think that has really um, played a role in the great partnerships I've been able to form in my career and how I partner with other entities that are in our community. And so it, it's, it's definitely something that um, shaped who I am today. Um, in terms of how it contributes to student development, uh, maybe I already touched on that, but just Michigan State's a very large university, and um, to find a niche could be hard, depending on where you're coming from. If you're from a small town and you're you're hitting that large university, I think Bailey gave me that community of people, that family of people throughout my time there that I could. Um, connect with and come back to and learn with and I mean we did so many fun things and um, adventures I still remember our um, I think it was A&R 410 where we were doing outdoor adventuring and I, I would have never had that opportunity otherwise but um, just to form those bonds and and also learn from people I would have never met if I hadn't joined Bailey um, I think of just some of the diversity and um, backgrounds that were not, I, I just wasn't familiar with that growing up in Metro Detroit. So I think that was really great exposure for me and, um, you know, opened my mind. Um, I got to go to San Diego <laughs> with you and Marquita and um, uh, Melinda was on that trip. I'm trying to think of, that was, a really neat experience as well just to prevent at a, uh, present at a professional conference at that age and having done that several times since just funny how much I didn't know at the time looking back <laughs> but still I was given that opportunity and as far as any other final thoughts um, I don't know how many times I've used the term lifelong learning and it, I know it becomes cliche and we all say it and you know but I think that approach has just helped me take on challenges that I would have probably seen as roadblocks or obstacles. And even in this pandemic, I remember saying to our director on our way out the door in March when we had to shut down, well, if anything, it'll be a learning experience, you know? <laughs> um, so I think just that kind of life approach and um, being grateful for the learning experience instead of defeated by it or um, it's, it's just a, a different way to go through life in general. Lois Halstead, Kristen uh, Halstead, Mark's mother, graduate of Michigan State University in 1970 in education, 36 years in education, mostly middle school, 
uh, ending with uh, work in curriculum and curriculum development at the middle school um, level. Four questions. What I see first is my general impression of Bailey takes me back to my first day walking into Wilson Hall, which was one of the first co-ed dorms. Wow. Are we going to let her be in a co-ed dorm? Wow. That whole co concept is similar to what we thought about Bailey in that Kristen came from a large cold university to Michigan State and was able to evolve in the Bailey Scholar Program because it was reducing the size of the university to a more workable community and we saw that growth. But having that background of co-ed to Bailey that kind of over 50 years is about the same, reducing the size to workable. Um, Dad has always preached, and Mom, leadership, leadership, leadership. And so when uh, Kristen became involved in Bailey, I could see what a unique and awesome program it was going to be if she followed through with all the things she was learning on being a good leader, group work, designing class for your semester, and so forth. Um, contribution to student development. I saw Kristen talking more about her courses involved in what was going on, enjoying it. But that's not all, Frank. I saw her develop spiritually and physically and socially as well as mentally because of that program. And that brings me back to the American Youth Foundation, which is Danforth, in uh, being a Minnewanka camper for many years, we were taught that kind of leadership has to be well-rounded. And I think Bailey had, has done a beautiful job doing that, opening up from, from the Carnes to the whole university, the diversity of people, that ethnic diversity and, and uh, college courses it is, has been marvelous. Dad got us started on, on donating and being interested in how we could contribute financially to Bailey with his endowment with mom on the, uh, let's get these kids out in the world. Let's, let's have them get out and experience new people, new situations. And uh, Lee and I were able to jump on that later uh, after we got our family going and so forth, not only supporting Bailey, but our, our College Support of Education and Natural Resources. And I have no further comments except Excelsior! We loved it. I'm Lee Halstead, and I'm a 1969 graduate of Michigan State University in the School of Natural Science. I uh, changed careers there, became a teacher. So by, by trade, I'm a uh, middle school through high school teacher in uh, biology and chemistry and physics. Um, I did that for three years. I went back to Ohio State University, got my doctorate in optometry. So I've, I've been lingering around colleges for a long time. Um, and we have to go back to school every year. So I'm, I'm a permanent student of Ferris State University, just because we are. And uh, 
So I think what I've learned from all of this, I, I try to picture myself going to Michigan State for the first time. Like she said, you walk into the door, you don't know anybody. And when I was there, we had um, James Madison was there even back then. We had James Madison for uh, the kids that wanted to be lawyers, political science type of thing. And we had uh, Lyman J. Briggs over at Holmes Hall, which was for the science oriented people. And there wasn't really any other small conglomerate of, of mode you know, you could get together as, and, and, and share your your curriculum and, and develop that way. So Bambi afforded Kristen that opportunity um, that by getting people together, were kind of like-minded and be able to learn to, to work together as a team and to do team building. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was a little hesitant about it when she said she was doing this because I'm this old structured guy and I'm like, oh my God, you know, when you go out and get a job, are all these curriculum, are this independent study, gonna, is it gonna count? When they look at it as a job, it actually worked out good for her. It, it gave her a job, better than not. But uh, so it was all good. And so I like to think of Bailey as you go to school and you learn classes, and you're just a face to these teachers sometimes, these big classes. And you don't get to interact with them. And you, you walk in and they tell you this stuff. And you go home and you read whatever class it is. And you come back home. And you, you have your friends in the dorm. You have your friends off campus, you really don't get to interact with the people at, at, at the class level. And uh, so I understand that. When you go to grad school, that's a whole different thing. You, you collaborate together, you work together, the profs are sitting next to you, and, and you're just almost on a first aid basis with these guys as you're working together every day for years. <clears throat> and Bailey afforded that opportunity to undergraduates. So as I like to say about Bailey, College gives you the tools, and you get a tool chest, but Bailey gave people the, uh, the garage to use the tools. Another member of the Halstead family, maternal grandfather George Greenleaf, is also a very special part of the Bailey story. Soon after granddaughter Kristen enrolled in the program, George approached me about making a financial gift, a gift in the form of an endowment an endowment that would enable students to travel overseas and expand their horizons and enrich their undergraduate education. Since then, scores of Bailey scholars have done just that. It's called the George and Agnes Greenleaf Scholars Enrichment Fund. And George said recently, and I quote, I've created some scholarships at other institutions and they're close to me too, but this is my proudest achievement. George Greenleaf received his bachelor's degree from the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources at MSU in 1943, and he later returned to the university to get his master's degree in Ag Econ, now the Department of Agriculture, Food, and Resource Economics, and he did that in 1959. He served as director of the MSU Short Course Program, a predecessor to today's Institute of Agricultural Technology, before moving to Ohio to become executive director of the Ohio Agribusiness Association. A legend in Michigan and Ohio agriculture, George, who's now 102 years old, was delighted to participate in the podcast. Here's George. Great, I'm more pleased to be a part, and I'm delighted that you're doing this. I had my 102nd birthday the other day. How many cards do you suppose I got from Bailey? 
over 35 cars came to me for my 102nd birthday from Bailey people who had been overseas or in some distance, some circumstance. Uh, it, it just, uh, I sit over in the corner and balls up to see him three or four of them one day. Because by that time I'd had a half a dozen and I, you know, the help that they got. But they appreciated too what has happened to them, where education comes from. It comes from people with people. So what I want to say, I guess, is I never begrudged a penny I ever put into that program. I always felt it was always money worthwhile. And like it only done more, I'd have probably been happier. But uh, I, every time I visited there, which was not often, but every time I came away with that same impression of what a great job has been done here by the staff and so forth and following up what you had started. Amen. Thankfully, George Greenleaf and the Halstead family aren't the only major donors to the Bailey program. There are others, including Carl Schwarzkopf. And if that surname sounds familiar, it should. Carl is related to the late General Norman Schwarzkopf. I first met Carl when he was a student in one of my graduate courses years ago. And later, I traveled to China with Carl and Anita, his significant other, when I hosted a CANR-sponsored alumni travel abroad program. Carl became familiar with Bailey Scholars over the years and wanted to pitch in. Carl has had a distinguished career serving on the Horry County, South Carolina Council and participating in a number of community-based initiatives in his hometown of Conway, South Carolina. Before returning to Michigan State to do his graduate work, Carl was on the staff of the U.S. Golf Association at their headquarters in Far Hills, New Jersey. He also served in the U.S. Navy from the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis to the conflict in Vietnam. Here's Carl. Good afternoon, my name is Carl Schwarzkopf. I'm a graduate of Michigan State University in the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I received my bachelor's degree in crops and soil science, received my master's degree in, uh, in uh, uh, agricultural education and extension. Uh, after receiving my bachelor's degree, I worked for the United States Golf Association as an extension specialist in uh, turf grass management, repairing golf courses for championship events, and assisting member clubs in improving the turf grass quality and playing conditions. After 14 years with the U.S. Golf Association, I got involved in the private business enterprise and uh, bought the land, purchased the land that uh, is now Timber Ridge and was the construction superintendent and the first property manager at Timber Ridge. While working at Timber Ridge, I received my master's degree in continuing in education, in ag extension and education, and then uh, came to South Carolina, taught uh, turf grass management, golf course management at Ori Georgetown Technical College and at Coastal Carolina University. Uh, after retiring from Coastal Carolina University, I ran for public office and uh, 
served as an Horry County Councilman for 12 years. Uh, after 12 years, uh, I am now uh, completely retired and uh, enjoying uh, playing golf once a week and uh, reading and uh, watching a little TV now and then. Uh, the reason that uh, I decided to uh, contribute to the Bailey Scholar Program is I entered Michigan State uh, late in life. Uh, I had been on active duty in the United States Navy for four years, uh, spent a couple years in the community college, and uh, came to Michigan State, like I said, uh, late in life, uh, not as a traditional student. Uh, and it was difficult for me to uh, associate with, identify with the uh, a lot of my fellow classmates because uh, some of them were uh, sophomores and juniors uh, and I was four or five six years older than many of them uh, there were some veterans in my classes uh, however they were married and living off campus so it was difficult to identify with them uh, and some of the upperclassmen uh, they were somewhat younger so it was difficult to develop a relationship so when I heard about the Bailey Scholar Program and uh, you know working with non-traditional students, I said that was me uh, 30 years ago, and uh, that's why I was happy to uh, uh, contribute uh, to the uh, financially to the Bailey Scholar Program. Uh, several times since I've been back on campus, uh, I've had the opportunity to meet with several of the uh, Bailey Program uh, participants and. Uh, I was glad to see the uh, the wide uh, background and experiences of the uh, many of the students in the program, and uh, I could identify with them, uh, and that was uh, that was great. Uh, the first time I was on campus after the Bailey program I got started, they were basically students from the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. Uh, the last time I was there, the program was expanded to campus wide, which I thought was really great. Uh, because it just really lets uh, the students know that uh, Michigan State's got a special place for Atlanta. And I think that's, uh, that's important, and that's why uh, I feel that my contribution is, uh, is worthwhile and uh, hopefully to continue to be so. When Bailey launched, student membership was restricted to those enrolled in the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. That changed over time, and with that change, students from other MSU colleges could participate in Bailey. In so doing, they joined faculty members from elsewhere on the campus who were already participating, four of whom were Terry Link from MSU Libraries and later Director of MSU Campus Sustainability, Terry Schaefer from the MSU Museum, David Cooper from the College of Arts and Letters, and Kent Workman, who served as a faculty member in Lyman Briggs College. Here's Kent talking about his Bailey experience. My name is Kent Workman. I grew up in the Chicago area and did my, un my undergraduate work at a little college in South Central Illinois called Blackburn College. Total enrollment of about 650, quite a bit different than Michigan State University. After graduating from graduate school at Southern Illinois University, I started my career in higher education and student affairs. In 1988, I came to Michigan State University, first working residence life, then with the Lyman Briggs program, including opportunities to work with the Bailey Scholars program. 
I recently, a year ago, retired after 50 years in higher education. An important part of my role at MSU and my experiences over the years has been my involvement in the Bailey Scholars Program. I greatly appreciate every opportunity to be involved with Bailey Scholars. I learned about the Bailey Scholars shortly after I came to MSU. After several years of thinking about it and putting off getting involved because I was too busy, I finally did. I took a stint at teaching the ANR or co-convening the ANR 210 class, one of the best experiences I've had at MSU. Great students at Bailey Scholars, developing our own syllabus, great professional colleagues were all a part of that program. After the first ANR 210 class, I went on to teach 310 and 410 and 210 again, teaching each of them several times. Again, a great opportunity and great chance to meet wonderful people. And most rewarding, meeting some truly great young men and women, Bailey Scholars Program is really remarkable. It offers students as well as faculty and staff the opportunity to learn about subjects beyond the basics beyond the basic academic program they might be a part of, to learn also in new ways and creative ways, through experiential learning, through the arts, through music, and most importantly, from each other as a team working together. But Bailey has also been a home for me, a safe place, a wonderful place to be. And that is maybe the most, most important thing it offers students, a safe place, a place to call home. Everyone when coming to an institution like Michigan State University that is so large needs to find a home. And Bailey Scholars has been that for so, so many of our students that we needed. One final story. About 10 years ago, I had to have emergency open heart surgery, quadruple bypass. Surgery went fine, went wonderful. I had a lot of support, including Bailey Scholars students. As I, as I spent time at home after the surgery, one of the things I knew I was gonna miss was the Bailey Scholars graduation program. Seeing those students off onto the next part of their journey. But Eric, one of my students got a hold of me, called me and said, Kent, I hope you're doing well and I hope you're well enough that you can come to the graduation program and speak about me. I was so honored and touched. Not only did I come and talk about Eric, Bailey Scholar people picked me up, drove me to the program, escorted me around, made sure I was okay, and drove me home. Truly a family, truly a home, a safe place, a supportive place. So important for so many of our students. I wish Bailey Scholars and everyone involved nothing but happiness and success on this anniversary and many, many years of future growth at MSU. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. In the early years of the program, we talked about how student experiences would be enhanced if they could benefit from adjunct faculty, faculty with agency and community-based experience. Soon, John Hesse, a person with robust state agency experience, joined the program and contributed significantly. There were others, too, including John Dooley. Dooley was a former campus minister, not only at Michigan State, but also at Penn State and Ohio State, and John was fully engaged in local Lansing area community work. He had a long list of initiatives under his belt, including launching a variety of programs, 
including the Greater Lansing Housing Coalition, the Peace and Justice Center, and Bridging the Digital Divide, all focused on issues of social and economic justice. Now, 100 years old, John is the only person to have participated in the former Justin Morrill College, Bailey Scholars, and the Residential College in Arts and Humanities. Here's John talking about one of his Bailey experiences. I came over and asked about participating in the Bailey Scholars program and uh, learned a great deal about it and benefited a great deal from participating in it with uh, yourself and others who made up the uh, core of the organization itself which was a very rich experience, I think, for all of us. Uh, one of the things that the Bay Scholars did always was every summer, they ran workshops on learning and teaching. And uh, one of those uh, times we talked about the possibility of bringing Parker Palmer, a Quaker who had done a lot of writing, particularly about uh, in the vein of the courage to teach college program that we did the brainstorming about how best to use Parker Primer. The, the, the creative thing about what the Bailey College program decided to do was that they didn't want him to do, deliver lecture. They wanted him to come and respond to people who had, who had read his books and uh, instead of uh, his delivering lectures he responded to questions which arose out of their study of the material in those books. And it turned to be a very creative uh, experience. We must have 400 people in the first assembly of his visit to Michigan State, uh, in which we introduced the whole process we were going to be engaged in, which they already knew about because they'd purchased the book and had been reading it. So they came prepared to, to ask questions and to comment on the writing which they had read. So I think uh, one of the creative things about the Bailey Scholars Program was that it sought to find new ways to enlighten the process of, of learning <clears throat> and teaching and to uh, really raise uh, raise the issue of the place of, of the affective domain in the learning. And uh, I think it was the mark of the college uh, program itself that it sought to raise that, that issue uh, by breaking down the barriers and walls between the professors and learners and uh, having them work together as teams and not as givers and takers, or, or hearers and repeaters. So uh, it was an, an experience, I think, that in an area and dimension of teaching that has not had much attention given it, but maybe is more important than anything else that we could do. It is, uh, what, are, what are your values? Uh, why are you teaching? What are, what, What's the purpose of what you're doing? Uh, what would they hope might transpire from this? Those, these kind of questions 
we were hopeful that people would would ask, and uh, it turned out that they were asking those kind of questions. When Bailey began initially, graduate students were involved as program assistants, even though it's unfair to call them assistants because they were front and center in everything that happened and took a variety of leadership roles. Examples are the work done by Diane Dobernick, Jim Lucas, and Ron Whitmore. But the program needed to do more. If Bailey was to become a learning laboratory for alternative methods in teaching and learning, it only made sense to involve graduate students extensively and certainly more extensively than what we were doing. Because graduate students will be the next generation of college faculty. But funding was our issue. We didn't have it. That changed when Associate Dean Richard Brandenburg thought that the program could make a compelling case for receiving a share of the college's allocation from MSU's graduate school. And with a successful application, That's exactly what happened, and the Bailey Graduate Fellows Program was launched. Bailey Fellows come from all over the university, and they participate for a variety of reasons. And that's been going on for years. Listen now as two Bailey Fellows, Angelica Ford and Patty Hymas, talk about who they are and what they're studying and what they are doing as Bailey Fellows. I am Angelica Ford, a native of Jamaica. I am here on an F1 visa, international, I'm an international student here at MSU. I am studying sustainable tourism and protective area management. My focus is on students' sense of belonging within their campus community with an emphasis on outdoor programs or outdoor education. Presently at MSU, I work as the graduate assistant in Spartan Village Complex. So I am more of an apartment manager. That's my grad assistantship and that's my work at MSU. But also I do TA, I'm a teaching assistant in the Department of Community Sustainability in my program department, where I TA the course community engagement, and I am also a teaching fellow in the Bailey Scholars Program, and I have taught both ANR 210, 310, and the 410. I enjoy teaching all three, but I think I have a greater appreciation for 210 because um, that's the introduction course, and I get to teach the students as they become familiar with the Bailey way of learning and the daily way of developing and it's great it's gratifying to see how my students evolve how their the leader in them um, grows and um, seeing where the more introverted ones become somewhat extroverted once they are in the classroom so i have a greater love for the 210 um one of my classes i've had the, the Matter of fact, when I taught 310, I moved up with some of my, my class my students to 410. And last semester I did 210 and I moved up with some of my students in 310. So the progression that they did was very um, gratifying and rewarding to see how they grow and become leaders. 
And I would say that my Bailey experience has been reinvigorating. That's my word to describe my experience so far. And I say reinvigorating because without the Baileys, I will, I think it gave me a, or ignite my passion for teaching and ignite my purpose. Um, Bailey helped me to own my identity somewhat. Um, I knew who I was, I knew what I wanted, my career goals and where I was going. But being involved with the Bailey Scholar program um, has helped me to even own my identity more. And I am a bit, bit much of an identity and being able and saying, okay, this is me, this is who I am. Um, this is what I hope people to see me as or to know me as. And with the Bailey program, it helped me to, you know, sell myself as in the identity that I want people to know me as. Um, saying that because Bailey create that atmosphere or that community that allows you to be you um, when it comes on to feeling acceptable or accepted. The Bailey's program um, create that space where it doesn't matter how introverted or extroverted you are, you have that welcoming feeling. You feel as if you're part of something and you feel appreciated, you feel loved. And it also helped you to be accepting. So I said accepting first instead of accepted, but it's also not only are you feeling that sense of acceptability or being belonging in there, but you also develop that, that, that sense of being accepting. So you appreciate others for, their, for who they are. It allows you to look at people beyond just the outer appearance, but more in depth on how they are you accept them for their ideas or ideologies and which is what the class does when you're in the class you're learning how to value other person's opinion and ideas so you will come to class with what you think should be or shouldn't be but then you have to learn how to articulate yourself so that others can understand your point of view but in the same sense, you have to be able to listen to the next person's ideas or ideologies and be accepting, um, forming that that um, compromise, as you would say, in in the in the classroom. So you all come up with the ideas of what you would study during the throughout the semester, and you formulate how you're going to learn those topics. So one semester we looked at community engagement and the class came up with the idea that we were going to go and work with the Lansing Food Bank. We went out and we did, um, we went to the community and we helped with cleaning off their garden. And that was a group decision. We all decided that in order to fully understand what community engagement was, we had to immerse ourselves into the act of being engaged into the community. And everyone made a decision and everyone gave their their um, understanding of what community engagement was. And I think that's what Bailey does for an individual who is involved into the program. It allows you to understand yourself, to understand others, and even to get a, a greater view on what is it that makes us or make the community a community? The community is not made up of one person, but of a diverse group of persons and all of us working together to make it um, a holistic 
environment and we all have our part to play in the community and that is what the daily scholars program teaches students and it is essential and um and i always say it is i'm sorry that the Bailey College program is not more known on the MSU campus because I think students have a lot more to learn or to gain if they are involved in the Bailey in the BSB. Um, and another thing I like about BSB is that it's not just limited to a particular program or area of study. It started off in the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources, but it's open to all majors, and that gives students the idea to learn from their peers onto okay you chose to study anthropology why and having that discussion with their peers opened their mind or their thinking into what could be or what is um a different world that they never knew of or didn't even conceive in their mind at all so they have a different perspective on why people make choices that they do and also for some, for some students who come into the program who are undecided, it helps them to experience different programs, different majors, and help them to decide what they, how they see themselves and what they could consider to be their career choice. So with the Bailey, the Bailey Scholars Program, I'm saying it helps to develop students holistically, I would say. Um, for And again, for me, getting back into the classroom and teaching coming from a high school teaching settings in a different country and then teaching in the florida school system and that's again in high school and then teaching in the hbcu i taught labs there so it's a different way when you're in a student-led classroom than a teacher-led classroom and it also, it gives me a greater insight on the type of professor I want to be when I'm finishing my studies and get back into my profession of a, as a teacher um, and creating that environment that is more conducive to student learning and their different learning styles. So that's that's how the Baileys has helped me. And I think that's a lot how we have helped a lot of students because my students have told me that they have enjoyed the classes and they like the idea that they have some form of control or say in how it goes. And you can see the development of each student when they move from 210, 310, and 410. Um, they, the way, how they articulate them, themselves and how they understand each other, help them develop as a person and not just academically. The Bailey program is instrumental in a lot of students' lives as some has, because of the program, they are able to navigate their career, their um, college journey in a more positive way uh, and more fulfilling way. Patricia Hyman, baby call me Patty. I am a PhD candidate in the Earth and Environmental Sciences Department at Michigan State University. I've been at MSU since 2015, which is when I began my PhD program. Um, I graduated from Northeastern Illinois University uh, where, with my bachelor's, bachelor's degree in earth science. Um, and Chicago is where I was born and raised. 
Um, and currently, I'm also an administrative slash research fellow for the Bailey Scholars Program at MSU. Um, so I joined Bailey about two years ago, and my reason for joining Bailey was because at the time they had created an administrative fellow position in their graduate fellows program. Um, ever since I started graduate school, my goal has always been to work towards becoming um, a program leader, director, or an administrator of some sort. Um, and so I saw this opportunity in Bailey as a way to be able to learn about the work that goes into running a program um, and to gain hands-on experience in doing administrative work. Um, so over the last two years, I've worked closely with Jenna and Dustin, um, and some of the things that we've worked on together are writing grants to get funding for the program. Um, and actually, this past year, we were successful at getting a $10,000 grant uh, for technology for the program. So that was really exciting. Um, I've also helped with student recruitment. Um, I attended meetings with advisors from across the university, and I had to communicate with the program's many stakeholders. Um, I've learned about budgets, about marketing, and just about so many other things that are important to running a program, such as Bailey. Um, and it's really been a great experience. Um, so a single word or phrase that describes my personal experience in Bailey. Leadership. One of the most important things that I've learned by being in Bailey is how to be a good leader. This past year, in one of the projects that I've worked on, um, I've had, I had to interview many of the former program leaders. Um, and by listening to their stories, I've learned about the many ways that a person can lead. Um, but when asked, every single person mentioned listening as one of the most valuable characteristics that a leader can have. So um, not just listening, but listening with intent. Um, so if you don't listen with intent to the people that you are quote unquote leading, you're not going to be an effective leader. Um, and so that was, that was a very, um, it was, it was just great hearing that. Um, and aside from hearing other people talk about the importance of listening, I've also seen it in practice because Jenna and Dustin and all the student leaders and all the community members engage in this practice. Um, Bailey is a democratic style community program where the concerns and needs of everyone, you know, from the top down, from the director to the students to like the outside community members, everyone is heard. Um, and we are a community that cares about each other and a community that supports each other. Um, and this happens through listening to one another and, and being open-minded about things. Um, and it's because of this that I think Bailey has created um, such an inclusive space and diverse, um, and just like a diverse space that is unique to MSU's campus. Um, so I think that the program is very valuable for me, you know, because of many different things. I think that right now we are in a world, in a, in a time of world rebuilding. 
we, due to current events, we have to adapt to changing norms and a changing world. Schools and workplaces are just a few examples of what's changing. Um, and society has, has to start thinking outside the box um, and just figure out new ways to do the things that we've always done. And Bailey is very successful at fostering this type of thinking. Ever since the program began, it's been preparing students um, in innovative thinking and in seeking creative solutions to society's problems. Um, Bailey has done such a great job at, uh, at helping students develop the skills that are valuable in the workforce, regardless of the sector, whether it be academic, industry, government, etc. Um, students um, have been successful um, in their careers. I just spent the last year interviewing alumni about the many ways in which Bailey influenced their careers and it truly is a valuable program for those that participate in it, all of which are MS students. The word unique is often overused. Misused is a better way of describing it. But the word unique is neither overused nor misused when it comes to describing Glenn Sterner and the Bailey Scholars Program. Nobody other than Glenn has had multidimensional experiences as a student scholar, a graduate fellow, and program director. And all three roles spanned a relatively short period of time. Now an assistant professor at Penn State University, Glenn describes what it was like making the decision to participate and then participating as a student scholar. Um, my name is Glenn Sorter. I'm an assistant professor of criminal justice at Penn State University uh, at our Abington campus, which is just north of Philadelphia. Um, but I'm attached to the entire system through our criminal justice research center and serve as the coordinator of our Philadelphia, Greater Philadelphia office. Um, so I live in Philadelphia, uh, but really I'm attached to most of Penn State as a whole. Um, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today about uh, the Bailey Scholars Program because I consider it one of the uh, highlights of my career thus far and probably will be for most of my uh, life and career. Um, so I come from a really small town in Michigan, Wawa, Michigan, and if you've never heard of it, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's about 500 people large. I grew up on a, a, a teeny place in a back road uh, where there were, were neighbors probably about a half a mile down the road to me with my family. <laughs> so you can imagine that uh, when you come to a place like Michigan State University, you're looking for something more than just your traditional class. Um, I got introduced to the Bailey Scholars Program through uh, my academic advisor, Jim Lucas, and some of my friends who were in the program at the time. And they said, hey, just come over to this place uh, called Will's House and just check it out. Uh, come over here. I think we're gonna. I think it was a Wednesday lunch, or it was a. It was a, something with food, which again, should not surprise anybody who knows anything about the Bailey Scholars Program. And I sat around this this conversation. Uh, I think I had soup at the time, and there was something. There was just something about it that I thought this is weird. <laughs> um, and I got hooked at that moment. Um, so I came back at the time. Uh, 
Diane Dobernak was there uh, and a whole host of other faculty members that uh, I came to know and love. Um, and they really encouraged me to take ANR 210, the first course in, in the series for the specialization in connected learning. And, uh, you know, when you're in this, this place of trying to get through uh, your education pretty quickly, trying to do the four-year thing, you're thinking, do I need to take out another specialization? Should I just move forward with my undergraduate uh, career and, and, and just get my bachelor's degree and then move on after that? Uh, but I said, what the heck? Uh, so I, I enrolled in ANR 210, and it was at that moment in that experience that I finally found that uh, education could look differently and that it perhaps should look a little bit different. And it, it was in, in those moments where you had the freedom and the ability to chart your own pathway, something that I hadn't ever done before as a student, uh, that I finally found the ability to, you know what, uh, seek out my own voice and start to chart my own pathway. So I sat into ANR 210, and this is the first time in my experience where uh, education, not even just higher education, but education as a whole, uh, could look different. And that's when I realized that maybe it should look different. Uh, where you had the ability to find your own voice, where you could work together as colleagues around a common program, a, a, a common problem, a common issue, a common interest, uh, and find ways to work across difference uh, in ways that were very meaningful uh, and highly impactful. Um, it was during this time that I found my love of community, uh, not necessarily community development, which is what we typically think of, the, the big C, big D community development, but more so the love of community and how do you, how do you foster that uh, within a group of people that frankly may look very different, uh, but also uh, may not even have the same interests. And so there are ways that you can work through these processes to make sure that these experiences are highly effective, uh, that if you utilize uh, knowledge and if you utilize uh, scholarship, that you can craft an experience that is more than just an education, but really an experience that can help out uh, a person just find their way through the world. Immediately following graduation with its bachelor's degree, Klein entered graduate school at Michigan State University and enrolled in the College of Education. He decided to incorporate Bailey into his graduate experience. Here's Glenn talking about and reflecting on what it was like making the transition from undergraduate Bailey student scholar to serving the program as a Bailey graduate fellow. Bailey because I, I felt that I still could find a role in the space for, for my, my interests there. Um, and it was during that time that I started to be really exposed to the scholarship of teaching and learning. And it, it was in those courses in my master's program where, I, where we were all talking about the ideal learning experience, the place where you could craft uh, an education for an undergraduate student uh, that would be almost like the, the pinnacle, the best. And I sat there thinking, I, I have that. I have that in the Bailey Scholars Program. <laughs> we were talking about the thing that was right the, you know, beneath our noses, and nobody was really discussing this, 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 uh, this program that was uh, operating in ways that, that really embraced uh, the scholarship of teaching, that really embraced um, uh, 
many of the theoretical perspectives associated with that education and within higher education. Um, what I would consider, um, you know, in a way that was uh, un unrestricted uh, in certain ways. Um, and so during that time, I, I, I stayed on as a, a, a graduate fellow. So it was during that time that I also started teaching. So when you shift from a student to a teaching role in the Bailey Scholars Program, uh, it becomes much more of a responsibility for you as a human being to help to foster those things that, from my perspective, that I, I experienced as a student uh, to the hope that I saw in the student experience through the students that I was working with. And it, it was highly beneficial for me to, to, to be able to, to learn that skill set to to step away from me being the sole focus of the learning experience, but me being a co-learner and a facilitator of that co-learning experience, um, it was a it was a different skill set that you know you stumble, you 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 try the best, um, and it was in some ways magical, right? And so you you feel as though that this is the place where you need to be, the place where you belong, um, and it was a, a, a hopeful uh, opportunity. For the future, not just for the future of the Bailey Scholars Program, but for the future generations that you're involved with. You see these these students, these people, who just want to make a difference in the world and to to find a way to get out of their way and help them facilitate that process was incredible and still is. Glenn's appointment as Bailey director was, to say the very least, extraordinary because it was so unusual to have such a young person still not established in his career to take responsibility for a program that required leadership guidance and management acumen. But Bailey was very lucky. Glenn was the right person at the right time, and under his leadership, Bailey prospered. Here's what happened. had no intention of applying for that position at the time uh, that I took on the interim role uh, of director. And uh, along with, with, with uh, you, Frank, and, and Frank here, uh, I had a conversation with him one, day, one night in a, uh, a bar saying, hey, look, I think that I'm, I'm liking this. Uh, I wasn't expecting this along the way. And I think that um, it was several of those moments along with the Bailey Scholars program that you don't really you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, um, and you don't really necessarily always know what to expect. Um, but a lot, but it's embracing those moments of uncertainty and embracing how it is that you feel in that experience that really led me through my role into this, this director position. So uh, I, I let him know of my intent to uh, to, to apply for this position. And, it was, it was a, the best role that I could have ever imagined. Uh, moving into this full-time, uh, post my master's degree program, uh, finding ways to help uh, faculty, students, graduate students work together. Um, it was my hope and vision to explore ways to uh, take this program that was fizzling out into something that I saw incredible value in. And, and I knew that it had positive student outcomes and so we embarked on uh, a heavy, hefty um, experience of just getting as many students aware of the program as possible. 
and I, and I knew that once students could understand what this program was, once we could get people back into that classroom, uh, that you could uh, have that vibrant community that we once had, that, the community that I had as a student, and really foster it again. And that's what we really focused on. Uh, we explored ways to increase student uh, leadership within the program. We opened up the position of, of student director. We expanded uh, the role of the governance structure of the, the Bailey Community Council so that it wasn't just faculty members and, and students uh, talking about the program, but really leading the program, right? Uh, that's very different in higher education. And so by creating and crafting this experience where students felt responsible, where faculty members and students worked together and, and graduate students felt a place in this place, uh, I think that that was where we, we explored ways that we could expand beyond what we are currently doing because we finally had enough people uh, to be able to do more things, right? So we, we expanded some of the community development work that we were doing out in communities across uh, Michigan, but also across the country and across the world. Uh, we developed partnerships. Uh, and all of this was through the milieu of uh, the scholarship of teaching and learning. Uh, and really embedded in this, this greater scholarship of teaching and learning that had a connection to community. When we think about the scholarship of teaching and learning, we typically think of it as student learning. Uh, we don't think about it as community learning. And I think that the importance within the Bailey Scholars Program is that it's a step beyond just student learning. It's really about uh, a scholarship of community learning. And the more that we think about how it is that we think about community change, how we learn together, through each other, with each other, in, in, in communion with each other, um, that is a much more powerful experience and prepares people to be in a role beyond just the, the academy, but just people being in, in their communities, in their, in their neighborhoods. Um, you know, I, I frequently have this conversation with others that, you know, uh, people who are now alumni and who are my friends that say, man, I wish I had a Bailey now. And that's really rare to say that you wish you had a, a college program that you could be part of uh, that could be into your, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s uh, at this stage of things uh, so that you could learn with and by each other because frankly, that's a little bit difficult to do uh, once you move beyond uh, the higher education experience that you're embedded in. Any administrator will tell you that one of the biggest challenges is finding the time to develop new ideas and initiatives. That's because it takes so much time to manage the system, any system, with all the details and procedures and protocol that have to be dealt with. Well, Bailey would have never seen the light of day had Dean Fred Poston just managed the system. Fred had ideas, he had aspirations, that required charting new directions. He did that repeatedly as Dean and also as MSU's Vice President of Operations. Luckily, what eventually became Bailey was one of the things that Fred wanted to see happen. Now make no mistake about it, he didn't envision Bailey per se, but Fred had plenty of ideas and thoughts that framed what it would become. And the driving force was having in the college something that didn't exist when Fred was an undergraduate in Texas years before, and also something he thought would complement MSU's existing undergraduate programs and experiences. Here's Fred Poston talking about how Bailey came about and what it means to him 
20 years later. I was, uh, I was thinking of ways to enhance uh, our college's undergraduate education programs. We've been having a lot of discussion in the Provost Council about enhancements to undergraduate education, and it got me thinking about uh, our many programs in the college. And I thought back to when I was serving at Washington State University, and I remember I had uh, run into a couple of young graduate students who are graduates of the Evergreen University, which was uh, an unusual university uh, taught by a Socratic method. Uh, and uh, I was taken by these graduate students. They were very bright, very inquisitive, uh, and, and really quite scholarly uh, as they approached problems and the rest. But unfortunately, what the weakness was is they had incredibly weak science backgrounds. And uh, as I thought about it, I, I thought, you know, it would be great if there was some way to, uh, to achieve that in our students, that same level of scholarly ability as an undergraduate, but yet uh, augment our existing programs, which I were very strong in, uh, in terms of uh, that. And of course, there were quite a few challenges to, to being able to do that. First and foremost, while I, I had some sense of, uh, of the opportunity, uh, I didn't have an approach or a method or, or any uh, way to, to achieve that. And I needed a leader. And uh, I uh, had uh, served with Dr. Frank Fear, who uh, had been the chair of the Department of Resource Development. And actually, Frank had, uh, had been very interested in education uh, programs in general, but it also uh, overseen a, a master's degree program in resource development that I thought was really quite innovative and uh, and the rest. And so I, I chatted with him and before it was over with, uh, uh, convinced Frank that what he always wanted to do was lead an effort <laughs> to do this. And, uh, and Frank really uh, appointed uh, selected and appointed a, a committee of a group of people that he thought would, uh, would enable him to, to, to complete that task. And uh, after we, we arrived at that point, my, my biggest uh, contribution to the whole uh, effort at that point was sort of keeping the wolves at bay, of which there were a substantial number, as you might imagine, if you look at the biggest challenges that you typically face when you're trying to introduce something new like this. We had the whole inertia of the way we taught sciences, uh, which really went back hundreds of years, and sort of a stand and deliver format where you stood before the students, delivered the, the lessons, and the students wrote it down and, and uh, worked with it. And, you know, a lot of our programs uh, really had that at the heart of them. 
So there was concern among some of the faculty uh, and the chairs that, uh, that uh, at first this was a criticism of the way we were currently doing it. And I would frequently tell them, well, you know, the way we've been doing it, it's been good enough to get us here, which is pretty good spot. I mean, we need to always look at, well, what else can we do to improve uh, where we are? And then, of course, there was concern among some of the faculty and the chairs that, well, we were create, going to create another department and it was going to create, it was going to uh, compete for limited resources, which were quite limited at the time, especially in our teaching programs. Uh, but, you know, we, we, uh, we worked through those. I spent a great deal of time going from department to department, talking to faculty about this. And I, I, I really, uh, I seemed to gain the most ground when I, when I talked about it as an experiment in teaching that we wanted to conduct and, uh, and talked about some of the things that I thought might be missing in our current curriculum that you know, it would, it would be good to experiment with. And, and uh, so uh, we moved along in, uh, in that whole endeavor. And Frank uh, worked with the committee to a great extent. And Frank can tell you the, the blow by blow uh, what transpired and all of the challenges that they met. Those were really uh, beyond me. I was not involved with the committee. And, and uh, in that every once in a while, I get an update from Frank about where we were or where we weren't. And, uh, and that, uh, that uh, sufficed. And if you look at the su surprises that I've had from Bailey's, uh, I was really surprised if I, if I jump ahead once the Frank and the committee and the rest established the program and put it together and began to implement it. I was really surprised at the profound impact that it had on the students. Uh, it did produce students with scholarly traits that I'd hoped for, but they were also voracious problem solvers. Uh, it, uh, it reminded me of throwing uh, meat into a school of piranhas uh, if they had a problem, they, they really uh, became intellectually stimulated by it, attacking it and looking for solutions and how to find it. And they used all of the scholarly tools that, that were available to them to, to be able to do that. Um, likewise, it, Bailey's really developed a, a surprising amount of individual confidence. Um, I remember I, I was I, I was invited to a session where uh, the students um, were reporting on projects that they had uh, during the semester that they'd been conducting, and so there were several circles in this larger room of, uh, of people, in, and we would uh, move from circle to circle so that you got a chance to hear uh, each student's uh, presentation and what was there. And I, I remember the, the first circle I sat in was a young woman <clears throat> presenting hers and, 
and she was doing an exceptional job at it, I thought. And uh, I looked over and there was this woman who I didn't know and she was crying. And I, uh, it, it, you know, I, it, it was almost distracting to me. Uh, you, you, uh, she was, uh, I thought she was in some distress and uh, the tears were just rolling down her cheeks. And so this young woman went through a program and concluded and everybody was really impressed. And afterwards I eased up to the lady and asked, I said, you know, you, you seem to be in some distress. I, could I help you? And she says, oh no, I'm, I'm not distressed. That's my daughter. And so <clears throat> as the story went, her daughter was severely limited in terms of her ability to even speak in front of a group of people all through high school. Uh, she was just uh, petrified and could not do it. And she was, those are her tears of joy because her daughter had really gained the confidence and had overcome uh, this limitation. And I would say she did it rather nicely to say the least. And that, uh, that's, always, that's always stuck in my mind or my memory of, uh, of that. Another surprise out of it was it rejuvenated faculty. <coughs> the way the program was designed, faculty weren't permanently assigned to Bailey's. They moved into it and taught for a period of time. I, I used the, the term taught uh, loosely because uh, the way the program was designed, they, they were students as well within the group. But what we found was, is it really rejuvenated the faculty. So when they returned to their more traditional teaching, they really uh, had a burst of creativity and introduced some new concepts uh, and worked through it. And what we also saw was you could take a faculty member that was just uh, almost was in a big rut in terms of their teaching and their enthusiasm and the rest and spend a period of time in Bailey's and they really, uh, it really did rejuvenate them. Another, uh, I suppose, somewhat surprised. I didn't realize how big a splash Bailey's would make both on the campus uh, and uh, nationally and somewhat internationally. But it really did as, as the faculty and the students went forth and uh, gave presentations and papers at different conferences and the rest. It was a great deal of excitement and interest that were generated, that was generated uh, about the program. Um, and that, that demand, it, it really manifested itself through time and a demand across the campus for <clears throat> students at other colleges to have access to the program. And over the years, the program expanded uh, to enable uh, students from other colleges to, to enroll in Bailey's. Uh, and so you had this tremendous diversity of students from across the campus, but you also had diversity in terms of cultural, racial uh, uh, diversity that, uh, that really uh, 
made this wonderful melting pot of ideas and, uh, and approaches to life. Uh, and I, I really didn't foresee that happening when, when we first talked about doing this. If you look at the benefits of Bailey's, <clears throat> I guess I already discussed uh, the profound impact on the students and the faculty. It really did enhance the reputation of the college across uh, the campus. Uh, I think uh, in some people's minds, uh, the college had become rather stodgy in their approach. I don't believe that was really true, but, but all of a sudden, this, this new and exciting program, which didn't look like anything else that anybody else had or conceived of, emerged out of the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. So it really did um, add to, if, you, if I could say it that way, uh, the quality of our teaching programs and our reputation across the campus. If you look at the lifespan of Bailey's, uh, you know, academic programs come and go over time. Uh, they have a, a definite life, uh, the same as a lot of other things in life. And uh, so it would not be too surprising to see a program <clears throat> develop and be implemented and after a period of time be dropped. And I think a lot of people thought that when I left uh, the Dean's job, uh, that uh, Bailey's would uh, fold up its tent and, uh, and disappear. <laughs> and it didn't, okay. And really, I think it's because, you know, Bailey's uh, students uh, thrive and it fulfills a need uh, that some of our students have and feel. We all learn in different ways. I think the real strength of the Bailey's program is <clears throat> Bailey's develops the ability and it empowers students to teach themselves. That really doesn't go, <laughs> that doesn't lose its relevance. I'll say it that way. And in fact, I think Bailey's uh, really encompasses the mark of a true scholar, and that is its strength. It's no big surprise when an executive administrator puts in place either a new program or a new initiative. But then politics can enter the picture. At issue is sustaining that program or idea initiative after the executive administrator leaves? Well, we know from experience, it's not automatic. In fact, the organizational landscape is littered with programs and initiatives that were founded by a predecessor and then eliminated by a successor. We're awfully lucky that that fate didn't become Bailey's storyline. What Fred Poston and Rick Brandenburg, his assistant dean, put in place over 20 years ago has survived. And survival is the product of those who followed in the dean's office. I'm talking about Bill Taylor, Jeff Armstrong, Doug Bueller, and now Ron Hendrick. Of course, each of them delegated oversight responsibilities to an associate dean. After I served as the first director of Bailey, I played that role for Jeff Armstrong. 
Today, that person is Dr. Kelly Millenbaugh. Well, what are Kelly's thoughts about Bailey? Well, here's Kelly to tell you. a comment about the Bailey Scholars Program that's situated within the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources at Michigan State University. The Bailey Scholars Program is really a truly unique program for students who are interested in learning in a way in which it might be quite different than other opportunities on campus. One of the things that I perceive as the most beneficial of the Bailey Scholars Program is that the students are really in charge of their own learning. They're able to work with each other. They're able to work on the things that they are most passionate about. And one of the things that I do really appreciate about the Bailey Scholars Program is the interdisciplinary nature of the students who essentially participate in the program. I think if you look at any other program on campus, you'd be hard pressed to find students from so many different diverse disciplines, but also from diverse backgrounds that participate in the program. I think part of one of the reasons why Bailey is so intriguing for so many different students is that ability to really be able to find their own passion, to participate in their own learning in a way in which they haven't had the opportunity to before, and in some cases to really direct the learning of others and encourage the learning of other students. When I think about higher education today and tomorrow, I think the Bailey Scholars Program is uniquely situated to really connect with today's students and tomorrow's students. When we look at the students of today, they're quite different than the students of yesterday even, or 10 years ago. Students today really appreciate the opportunity to essentially create their own educational experience. They wanna know why they're taking the courses that they're taking, how it's going to help them advance and move closer to the areas that they're passionate about, et cetera. And I think the Bailey Scholars Program allows them to do just that. It allows them to really tailor, if you will, their program to the things that they are most interested in. And I think that when you think about um, the future, uh, most students are going to want to do that same type of work when they get out into the job market. They're going to want to put their own stamp on the position that they're working in. And so the Bailey Scholars Program gives them an opportunity to do that with their education. The Bailey Scholars Program also has, has a longer lifespan, I think, than a lot of other programs have on campus. And I do think that a lot of the viability of the program is tied to the fact that it is responsive to students and it's responsive to the things that the students are most interested in. Under the more recent leadership of Dr. General Rivera, I do think that the program has also grown a lot in terms of the way in which we engage students in higher order thinking. And I think we've encouraged students to really try to uh, make themselves even more uncomfortable, if you will, in their learning spaces so that they can continue to grow and so that they can continue to essentially uh, push other students in their own growth. It's been a really an enjoyable time for me to watch the Bailey Scholars Program over the last eight years. There's been a lot of rigor that's been added to the program. I, it's been fun to watch um, the number of students from different disciplines come into the program. And it's been beyond pleasurable for me to be able to get to know some of the students who participated in the program. They are exemplary, and I look forward to watching the things that they're going to be doing once they leave Michigan State University. 
Thanks for giving me this opportunity to comment. Really appreciate it. The big questions, even before Bailey launched, and certainly after it launched, were how will Bailey fit into today's higher education? And what does it mean? What does Bailey mean for higher education's future? Early on, it was important to emphasize that what we call the Bailey way wasn't better from other ways as much as it was different. We had many conversations among faculty and student scholars about the need to cross boundaries respectfully on MSU's campus and beyond. Just because Bailey is the way it is, don't expect or assume other spaces are the same. Adjustments will be required. And as for the future, well, that's not a question for us to answer. Time will reveal what the answer is. Now that Glenn Sterner is in a teaching role at a major university, I thought he'd be a perfect person to ask. What about the future of higher ed? And where does Bailey fit in? Here's what Glenn had to say. And so as I think about higher education now, um, you know, one of the things that I, I have my students do in my courses there, I teach a senior seminar, is that I have them work through the Bailey Scholars five questions because they're on this, in this really strange pathway where they're having to uh, go through a, a, this, this transitional experience where they're, they're, they're pretty sure that they know what they're gonna do next, but they're not really sure. Uh, they're nervous about these next phases, especially now in this, this really strange era where uncertainty is so high uh, within our communities due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But in general, I have found that they've really appreciated the, the ability to reflect on their experience and to really think about how it is that they can move forward with that. Uh, because the goal here should not be to foster student learning within just our classrooms. It should be fostering student learning for a lifetime. Uh, the mantra of the Bailey Scholars Program is to be a lifelong learner. And you can't do that if you don't have those skills. And if we want our students to be successful in our communities, and to be successful citizens, they need to understand how to learn with, through, and by each other. And that's why it's so important for us to foster these types of experiences in higher education today. I wouldn't say that we do the best of that right now. I think that we have a very um, job-based focus within our educational preparation. I think that our focus right now is the workforce and the labor force. And I think that it has become a Yelp review. And that if you're not preparing a student specifically for a position, uh, then you are doing a bad job. Especially for those of us who are on the tenure track, who now have to be um, responsible to student reviews within our, within our review process. And if we have a, a bad review, a bad Yelp review, Within, our, within one class, um, then we have to change rather than maybe explore with our, our colleagues. So why is it that students are pushing back on critical thinking and all these other types of skills when you've sat in a, and, and saw the methods in which, because my course might be a little bit more difficult or you might be pushing them a little outside of their comfort zones. And so this transactional process that I think that we've moved into where students pay for higher education where we're focusing on 
preparing them for a job, I think is a disservice for them because what we should be doing is really thinking about how do we prepare good, well-rounded citizens um, and residents of our communities. One of the aspects of my current roles is that we work on some of the hardest problems in our communities. We work on crime and safety. It's at the basis of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need to feel safe in order to have everything else come next. And if we don't have, feel safe within our communities, then nothing else matters, nothing. And so how do we work on those issues of safety uh, when you have uh, people who, who can't talk to one another, who require intervention consistently, who are who really can't embrace the con concept of difference, and not just to embrace to embrace it for an end or a means, but really embrace difference in that it helps us be stronger because your perspective is different than mine and we can build upon those different perspectives and our different backgrounds and our different worldviews in order to make our communities more successful. So those are the types of skills that our communities need and that good, healthy communities require. And if we really want the work that we're doing in any of our fields to matter, we need to make sure that students continuously find ways to expand their perspectives, explore their differences, uh, but also continue to make sure that they focus on how it is that they can be part of the world in a way that increases their impact and increases their capacity uh, for, uh, from my perspective, for a hopeful future. Thanks, Glenn. Well said. This audio cast wouldn't be complete without hearing from the current director, Dr. Jenna Rivera, and the current academic advisor, Dustin Petty. Jenna and Dustin have long-standing connections to the program, and their approach to leading BSP reminds me of a favorite saying of one of my MSU academic colleagues, Dr. George Axon. George liked to talk about how blending continuity with change, that is, blending tradition with innovation, is the hallmark of development. Here's Jeno and Dustin. Hi, my name is Jeno Rivera, and I have been with the Bailey Scholars Program since 2006, when I joined as a faculty fellow under the leadership of Glenn Sterner. He recruited me to assess the Bailey Scholars Program. I continued as a faculty fellow until I became the director of the program six years ago. And my name is Dustin Petty. I joined the Bailey Scholars Program as an undergraduate student in 2006. I was one of Glenn's recruits. Uh, I graduated from the program in 2009 and returned in 2013 um, as the program's academic advisor, a role that I am in full time today. You've just listened to the Bailey stories from 16 individuals, alumni, students, administrators, fellows, parents, and stakeholders. These people help shape, build, and support the program that we have today. So where is Bailey today? This summer, we reached our pinnacle of undergraduate student membership in the program, reaching 130 student scholars for the first time in our history. In the past five years, we have had over 50 graduate faculty fellows sharing their expertise in teaching and learning to foster a better community-engaged learning experience in all aspects of the program. Years ago, though, something emerged in the Bailey community. We were missing an integral part of our program, something that stated who we are and who we aspire to be. With students and fellows and more community dialogues than we thought ever possible, 
we arrive at the new Bailey Fiscal. Three pillars of a framework shaped around individual scholars, collaborative learning communities, and radical influence. These are built on foundations like Frank and Marquisha and Howard created for us. They spell out what we aspire to. We're not there yet, but we're working hard to reach those heights. Ideas like we question and challenge traditional power structures within and beyond the classroom, or we welcome values, learn from, and rely on diverse voices, stories, and experiences. And today we find ourselves functioning in a global pandemic, political upheaval, and calls for a long overdue social change. The Bailey Core courses look different this semester, hosted via Zoom with students and conveners who are both being challenged in ways we never anticipated. We as a community are being challenged to move our active, often gregarious engagement and service events online, community lunches too. It hasn't been easy, but we're finding our way. Where will Bailey go next? I think we're learning some lessons from our current situations. In a community that has always sought to be supportive, we are stretched extend grace and understanding even more. In a program that has long fostered difficult dialogues, we work to find common ground and understand understanding between different viewpoints. Bailey is still growing and growth is messy, sometimes ambiguous. But we persevere because there is still a space on campus for self-directed yet interdependent lifelong learners who want to take ownership of their learning journeys. We're happy to be a part of their journey. Thanks, Jenno and Dustin, and thanks, too, to all the colleagues who shared thoughts on this audio cast. Whether they were past or are current affiliates, and irrespective of their role, student, faculty, graduate fellow, administrator, parent, or donor, we all share something in common, having been touched and influenced by Bailey. In that regard, I think the Liberty High Bailey Scholars Program is both an it and a metaphor. It's something you can join, be part of, but it's something that's far larger and more profound. On the one hand, I was lucky to have found Bailey, the place and the space. And in the years since, I've concluded that I discovered something more. Everybody needs a Bailey of some sort or in one way or another. I found mine. My wish to all of you is that you have found yours or will find yours soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Frank Fear for Under the Radar, and I hope our paths will cross again soon.